Who is this clown? Prophet, preacher, sermon leader, rector, reverend, deacon, elder, what the hell is a pastor? Eric Metaxas writes what I would consider to be pop Christianity. I'm sure he doesn't consider it. I'm sure he considers it the Summa Theologia. But uh, very rigorous, very, very thorough, very intellectual. Yes. And, and so he writes, he, he doesn't just write about Bonhoeffer, but he's well known for writing about Bonhoeffer. And he sort of represents the evangelical, conservative evangelical takeover of Bonhoeffer. Like he, he attempts to write about Bonhoeffer as if Bonhoeffer was this um, right-wing North American evangelical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bonhoeffer was uh, a fan of the Nazis. Yes, exactly. Well, but remember, the, the right-wing evangelicals also try to cast the Nazis as left-wing, which is insane, but like that's what they do. And, and Eric Metaxas over, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Metatax, Metaxas, uh, who cares? I, I'm going to say Metaxas, although I do like Metatax a lot. Uh, Eric, Eric Metatax, um, over the last several months, his tweets have become increasingly more sort of totally out there like a few months ago he tweeted uh this he, he made this tweet where he like pretended to quote joe biden and he quoted joe biden in this horribly offensive ebonics like like he crafted this tweet as if it was like at a minstrel show i forgot about this and and like and and like i stared at the tweet for like an hour like i could not believe what i was looking at and then, like, one of my favorite uh, Christians to follow on Twitter, David Dark, David Dark retweeted him and was just like, Eric, it's time. It's time to seek help. Like, it's time to repent. It's time to go somewhere else. Like, this is this is getting out of hand. Um, but uh, he, you know, he posted this tweet about Jesus being white. And I can't tell personally if Eric is serious or if he's trolling us. Either way, it doesn't matter because at this point, right-wing trolls are just serious. They just do it in a sarcastic key. Um, but like, it be, the reason why I think it there, there's a part. If he's being serious, then then he's so mi he he's missed everything. Like he doesn't understand anything. Right. You know. But if he's joking, he's just a raging asshole who who doesn't care about the way things are he just wants to recast the world in his own image and and so which is worse is really the question <laughs> <laughs> but that's what i think about eric metatax like like reading that tweet I'm, I'm like what in the world david dark responded uh david dark also retweeted that tweet and was like he said something like whoo uh, white supremacy host bodies say the strangest things, don't they? <laughs> like, can we can we get in the practice of rather than retweeting and bumping up their stats, taking a screenshot of the tweet and posting the screenshot? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm for it. I'm for it. But he also came after the United Methodist Church in that tweet, which is kind of I odd. That. Like I did see that, and I saw someone get get. Uh, 
offended over how the how he capital how he didn't capitalize the T. The, the the in United in the United Methodist Church. And I was like, that's that's what we're going to 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 go for here. I guess so. It's like the Ohio State University, and they will scream at you if you don't use the the. Um, our friend Grace, friend of the pod, uh, tweeted, but like. Uh, she's like, this is terrible theology, but can we talk about how the United Methodist Church is throwing all of this money at a white woman to deal with anti-racism? And I was like, because it's Robin D'Angelo. And I was like, right. that's on that's on brand for, for what Grace would want to notice in this tweet. Yeah, I, uh, I just <laughs> said, like, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Eric, Eric Meditax, of course, terrible. But come on, guys, we really paying Rob, we really paying, the United Methodist Church is really doing this. Grace, you're not a United Methodist anymore. Can you please leave us alone? <laughs> you, <laughs> you know. Yes, I understand. It's bad. But that's not like not the worst thing here. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> the Episcopal Church is so much better in that regard. <laughs> we all suck. I think it's the everybody's an asshole here. But yeah, yeah. I like I actually, one of uh, my former roommate, Abby's friends, shared it on Facebook with a kind of like WTF deal. And um, it, like I, I commented, it, I saw it after midnight and after more than one glass of wine. So I was just like, this person's theology is, and I put it GIF and it was hot, hot garbage. Uh, mm -hmm. And it made me feel very happy. Uh, and then I was also, I, I also below that, it's like, and then I felt bad for insulting somebody. I'm like, I usually don't say that, but this one is, is one that I, I don't let go by. And then uh, I went on a whole thing of like, but also, can we talk about the assumption that uh, saying somebody has white privilege is saying that they are sinful? Like, no, you don't yeah. you inherit white privilege. Like the, just the theology of the statement was bullshit in the first place, even if you were to grant that Jesus was white, but he w isn't. Actually, that was the best take that I saw on it was, why is a theologian talking about uh, Jesus in the past tense? And I was like, oh. Because Eric Metatex isn't a theologian. That is he, true. Eric Metatex also writes children's books that are about, you know, that, that are attempting to teach children uh, about the great and glorious things about American capitalism, like like he's yeah. a, he's a propagandist. That's all he is, uh, and and he doesn't need to know this. Yeah, I think, but but like you're you are right, Joe. Like even if Jesus had white skin, he didn't make that very extremely clear. But like even if he had white skin, the everything he the, the entire argument of the tweet is still nonsense. Like. Right. For one thing, if it was the you know first century in Palestine, having white skin still wouldn't give you any privilege. Like like there's no white privilege in in the sense that we understand it in the 21st century is happening there, right? Like right. It, it's it's a totally different conversation, right? It, 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 so even to say Jesus is white, it would be odd. It, it's why the it's why the, the, the conversation surrounding Irish slaves is such a silly conversation to have. Right. What about all the white slaves? Friends, friends. <laughs> you, you, you're misunderstanding the entire conversation that people are trying to have regarding race and, and everything. Um, 
but yeah, it's just nonsense. What, what a nonsense thing. But your point is totally right, Joe. Like, at what point are we, you know, the, the idea that, that, oh, if you're saying Jesus is white privilege and you're saying he's a sinner and then that totally ruins the whole Christology, haha. I'm like, no, Eric, you've, you've, you've demonstrated that not only have you not read anything about Christology, you've also demonstrated you haven't done any uh, research into critical race theory or anything that anybody talks about anything ever, apparently. <laughs> right. You know? Like, you don't even have to have done any reading. You just needed to talk to somebody. <laughs> yeah. Like, Lord. Ugh. Good old Metatax. <laughs> Metatax strikes again. <laughs> yeah. Just, just trash. Just not helpful. Um, speaking of none of this at all, Ian, talk yes. about how you don't think that process theology is better. Um, all right. <clears throat> uh, so I, I was very, uh, I felt very misrepresented, uh, misrepresented, uh, in your, uh, conversation with, mm -hmm. uh, with Rick, uh, last week. Uh, where I, uh, words were put into my mouth that, uh, I certainly don't recall ever saying, um, and, uh, I... Are you really upset? Because if you're really upset, I really am sorry. Like, I don't, I don't mean to make you upset. You're gonna uh, have to say... It wasn't, I don't think it was you who, who said that, uh... Oh, then never mind. Joe <laughs> meant I think it. process theology is better. Otherwise, I would have... <laughs> texted you you know <laughs> i don't think that i uh, you know you have listened to the episode more recently than me so that's it was it was yesterday or as i like to say a thousand years ago right um, <laughs> uh so my my outlook and under like and i'm 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 someone who like when it comes to to doctrines and and uh theological tenets and theological frameworks. I'm, I'm agnostic. Um, like I, there are things about process that I like. There are things about, uh, Nicene Orthodoxy that I like. There are things about Nicene Orthodoxy that I really don't like. Uh, but like, I would never go so far as to, uh, rank these different theological frameworks to say that like one is better than the other, like, uh, you know, on its surface or, or intrinsically, um, because uh, I mean, we talked about this, uh, you know, a month, three months, seven months, who, what is time anymore uh, ago when we were talking about um, uh, politics and uh, uh, world outlooks and, and belief, but like, I really don't care uh, what you believe. I care about what you're doing. And so um, if someone's process view of the world uh, leads them to love God and love neighbor, great. If someone's Nicene Orthodoxy leads them to a place where they love God and love neighbor, great. Um, and like live in a way that is loving God and loving neighbor. That is what I care about. I care about your politic more than I care about your beliefs and doctrines. So I'm not going to ever, uh, rank, uh, theological, uh, frameworks. Right. And that's my rant. 
that's a good rant. It's just that anytime I say something theologically, you come oh, back with some process stuff and it makes me feel sad. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that when I say process things, you feel sad. That's not what I said. <laughs> oh no. Anyway, <laughs> so that was the, uh, we just needed to get that on record that Ian doesn't, Ian thinks that what he just said, which I think is, is a good way to go about it. It just puzzles me as to why uh, you don't grab a belief system and hold on to it. Like that you don't need that, that intellectual support in the way that I do. So maybe I'm just jealous. Mm. Mm. Well, you know, to be, to be a, a, the dick of the group, like Ian <laughs> does have an intellectual support. Like he just explained it, you know, he, he, it, it might, he might hold it perhaps loosely, but, but the hard thing that he is holding to is that, uh, the order of the world is not inherently logical, that it's another kind of order, or it's an order that human beings can't grasp in, its, in, in, in an authentic fullness, which, is, which I understand, or, or, or whatever, like, that's okay, you know, e even, even the phrase, e even the phrase, the world is chaos, still has the word, the world is, Right. You know, it's still it's still an order. It's still and so there's actually no such thing as chaos. At least at least if there is, it would be an accident. <laughs> Human beings would accidentally get it right because um the the insisting that the world is meaningless is itself a meaning. It's a kind of logical meaning ordered system that we impose upon the world. That's true. That's fair. No, I, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. <clears throat> and I think you, like, not, not your talk with Rick, but the, the one before that, you, you both got to a similar point or place that I did or that I have, where you talked about, like, yeah, Ian is, uh, uh, we like to rag on Ian for <laughs> talking about process, but I don't think that's evil, right? Like, no, right, no, right. exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, it's, I don't think that Nicene orthodoxy is worse than process or open theism or whatever. Well, right? open theism is silly. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's be honest for a second. No, continue. <laughs> no, no, that's all I got. That's all you got. <laughs> well, but so what, so then that kind of brings up the question of white what do we qualify as bad theology, right? Like if we are saying that there are theological systems that are fine or like, like what, I'm, what I'm hearing us say is that we don't wanna make a value statement about process theology or orthodoxy or this or that. But then we just spent all this time bragging on somebody who has a theological system that we think is evil and terrible. So like, what are our criteria for saying that something is a, is a theological system that we respect. I mean, I think not, uh, I mean, I, I feel like this is the, the easy cop-out answer, but uh, you will know them by their fruits. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I agree. And maybe that's not an easy cop-out answer. Like, No, no, I don't think it is at all. I think, takes, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, like <clears throat> if, 
Eric Mussolini wanted to like use his theological framework to love God and love neighbor, then he can hold on to whatever thing he wants to hold on to. I don't think that, and like that's uh, that, yeah, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, he's, sure. he's not, he's not loving God and he's not loving neighbor. Right, right. And now, now I think, I completely agree with that. I think that when we are having conversations that are like, um, I'm going to say technical, all I mean by that is, is like, when when we are when we are on purpose having conversations about process theism or about you know classical theism or or you know in these ways and, and we're we're kind of getting into maybe the nitty gritty of stuff that like we might personally think is is good or important or or whatever I I have no problem you know kind of judging the work of process theologians on some of those merits like like so if i encounter a um a a process theologian that i just think gets i that i who who's whose work on sin i just don't think captures the full dimension of what of what sin might be like and and maybe that person doesn't quite capture it because they're um too interested in in speaking about everything from a from a process metaphysic i might i might critique that metaphysic i might say well i think this metaphysic is keeping this thinker from really digging into sin in the fullest sense i might say that um but i don't but but i also know that like that's a charge that a lot of process people throw at classical people who subscribe to a form of classical theism that that their metaphysic is keeping them from talking about god in really dynamic and 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 you know imminent ways which, which i get like i think that there are some classical theists that that do that um but but that's not really a value judgment on what makes what makes a person like like what makes theology like bad right like bad theology kills people Right. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like this might be uh, what I might call deficient theology, like, uh, like, you know, or, or, and I tend to think, and I do, I, I, I tend to think that, um, and I was just called out on this uh, it, implicitly in, uh, I was just called out on this implicitly in the, in the podcast we just did. Like, I think that when metaphysics becomes a kind of technology that theologians use, to make their systems work, I think that's a problem. Because when it becomes a technology, then it's then it, we're not really trying to talk about what's true. We're just trying to talk about what works. Right, right. You know, and and I think that um, both. I think that I've encountered theologians using metaphysics or using anything as a technology in all metaphysical backgrounds. You know, like, like I, I think that um, I just have, yeah, I, I think that's true, yeah. kind of across the board, and that's when I think that they're the the work that those theologians do uh, really is diminished because of it. Like, they just there's rather than talk about God, rather than try and talk about God and about God's relationship to the world, 
in in coherent and and real ways like like in ways that really authentically seek to capture what is true about god there instead and I, i've done this before as well like we instead just try to make our systems work um okay. and that that is that is no good <laughs> like like that's that's not good theology i don't know if i would say that that kills whether that's bad theology um, but that's definitely theology that um, leads to some bad stuff. Like, it might be true that Eric Metatax, insofar as he even reads theologians, may read too many theologians that do that, you mm. know? And so a theologian that insists that God is sovereign the way uh, conservative Calvinists say God is sovereign might come to really horrific conclusions about, well, that just must mean that sometimes God, you know, murders people. And that's just kind of how it is. And maybe murdering people isn't that isn't so bad. Right. Yeah. You know, whereas, in, whereas I think theology that, that doesn't use metaphysics as a kind of technology, but, but rather tries to incorporate metaphysical things, you know, in a way that just tries to say who God is in an authentic way. Like, like theologians who are trying to do theology well um, are, are, I think, across the board, firstly, um, moral thinkers. And, and that's, I think, what it would mean to me when I say you'd know it by their fruit. Like, like as much as I just don't think like Moltmann is right, like I really don't. Like I, I just don't think that Moltmann's vision is, is terribly appealing to me. And I think there's a lot of things he misses and, and I think he mischaracterizes a number of things. Um, I know that Moltmann is talking about the living God of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and we know that because of his fruit. Right, we know that he is because of what is being what what his concerns are, what is being produced in him, and 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 what is being produced by the theology. Even if even if gun in my head, I just don't think that God changes. God now, God in His fullness changes. Even if I just don't think that's true, I would be. I, I, it would be ridiculous for me to read the crucified God and not come to the conclusion that Moltmann is deeply trying to authentically speak the truth about God and Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, plug in your headphones. <laughs> listen to me. You know that I live with two people who don't listen to me. I can believe that. It's true. That must be frustrating. <laughs> it must be frustrating. <laughs> but at least I got stuff on the walls, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Now I have to ask Ethan, do you in Charlottesville is there cheer wine? Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well Charlottesville is closer than Western North Carolina. That's true. That's true. <laughs> there's no there's no cheer wine to be found up here in the Shenandoah Valley. <laughs> really? Yeah, no. That's insanity. It is. <laughs> it is. My brother can get it in Yankee upstate New York. Yeah. There is one Sheets in Pennsylvania that has cheer, cheer wine. And I stop by it, and I'm like, there it is. And I get the cheer wine. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. So, Martins, if you listen to this podcast, get cheer wine. <laughs> Come on, Martins. <laughs> at, at Wegmans, you can get, like, glass bottles of cheer wine. Ah, uh, yeah. Actually, I'm going to go get one right now. I'll drink it while we talk to Dr. Robin. It'll be good. 
you have Wegmans in Charlottesville? We do have a Wegmans in Charlottesville. Man, maybe I got to go to UVA. Ha <laughs> ha, you should. You totally should. What is it, honey? All right, here. You talk to them while Daddy gets a drink. Hi, Adrea. Hey, Adrea. Hi. This is, I'm Joe, and then the other person is Ian. Hello, I'm Ian. My name's Adrea. It is. Yeah. How old are you, Adrea? Um, let me go ask Daddy. <laughs> hey, Dad, how old is me? How old is me? How old are you? Uh. You know how old you are. Put those headphones back You know how old you are. Uh. Yeah, you do. You know, Andrea, sometimes I forget how old I am. It's okay. I do too. I'm three. You're three. That's so exciting. Are you? I do gymnastics. You do gymnastics? Yep. Yeah. I am. Wow. I've been a new teacher. Mm-hmm. I've a new teacher. Is the new teacher nice? Yep. What's the new teacher's name? Uh. You don't know? Uh, no. No. But I'm going to walk on the balance beam. Oh, that's so fun. All right, all right. Today, what color is the balance beam? Gonna be? Uh, well, I need to take these back. I don't know what color the balance beam's gonna be, honey. I, I haven't been there yet. Maybe brown. It's gonna be brown. It's gonna okay. be brown. That sounds about right. Mm -hmm. It is gonna be brown. Okay, you you watch your tablet now, please. <laughs> she's coming along. She's doing. She's talking well, I think. Yeah. She's very articulate. You can't hear it very well. Honey, oh God. What are you trying to do, honey? No, honey, I'm talking to my friends now. And soon daddy's going to talk and, and daddy will need to, to pay a little closer attention. So. I'm going to need you to try to watch your tablet peacefully. Yeah, we'll see. Well, you can't. Not right now. Oh, my goodness. I have, I have a question. Who let Bible Gateway change its website? It's a Bible Gateway change. It's a uh, format. Layout, yeah, and it's rough. It's okay. Oh, well. Dr. Robin is here, so I'm going to let them in. Okay. okay. We could still just be talking, so it doesn't sound so intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> I, I doubt. I doubt Dr. Robin will be intimidated. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where my daughter went.